<laughs> she wore this like sweatsuit outfit that uh, that uh, I got from Microsoft. So, and then we played Secret Hitler, which is a wonderful board game. It was so it's such so much fun. There's a board game called Secret Hitler, and I'm just learning this now. Oh, dude! If you haven't <laughs> played it, it's so fun. It's a discussion-based board game. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like it's a who. It's essentially a whodunit kind of thing. Uh-huh. But but what happens is is that um, you have depending on the size of your party, you have uh, the liberals, and then you have fascists, and then you, <laughs> one of the fascists is Hitler. And the whole object of the game is to figure out who the fascists are and, and on top of that, who Hitler is. And the liberals have to make sure that always liberal policies go in or if fascist policies go in and Hitler gets elected. It's, it's That's hilarious. So, so it sounds kind of like fun, mafia. Really fun, sorry? Sounds kind of like mafia. Or it, it, it's exactly like mafia. Exactly oh, okay. like it, yeah. But there's like there's like things you can do once you get to a certain point. Like if certain fascist policies are in place... Then, then you could start uh, the the fascist party can start murdering uh, like liberal party members and like get their policies in more. It's oh it's God. really fun. We had a great time. But that's like a big deal. That that was your first Christmas, dude, in your brand new house that you guys got to host. That must have felt so special, man. I'm so happy for you. How did that feel? It honestly, it it's kind of like a a, a very happy numbing feeling. Like you know, it's like. I don't know how else to describe it. It's, uh, but it's, it just, it, you, it's those moments where you feel that life is different. You know what I mean? Like mm. life, is, like you, you get so stuck in your own way for like days and days and days. And then when something like that happens, you realize that like life is different now, you know what I mean? And it's, it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful feeling. And it was, but it was nice too. Cause like uh, the other thing, the other thing that happened during the holidays, and th- this is kind of like what the holidays are all about. Is, is that my brother-in-law, um, he wanted to play a lot of like Nintendo Switch, but he also wanted to watch a lot of Marvel. He hadn't seen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, um, and uh, he wanted to watch Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Uh, he hadn't seen that either. So it was it was cool to do that because it was just kind of like, it, it's kind of like it reminded me of uh, going, to, going to see movies, uh, not only with yourself, but with my brother, right? Yeah. So it was just nice to nice to have that feeling, and uh, and then um, yeah, so and then we played Nintendo, and, and we played Super Mario or Super Mario RPG, and it was kind of like this nice. Uh, it was this just, just it was that nice moment of just reminding me of all the times like I would rent a game with my brother or like watch go watch a Marvel movie that kind of thing. That's beautiful. Was it the new Super Mario RPG that the Switch just got? the remastered one? Yeah. How did they do with it? Like, did they do a good job remastering it? I'm glad you asked. Uh, uh, you know what? Yes, I think they did a great job. But one thing that's interesting is is that like certain game mechanics. I don't know if it's just because I'm so used to playing the older one. It's faster. Like it's an, it's a faster game. Um, so it was it was different to get used to the two time two time hits or, or the uh, or sorry the one time hit where you can like if you hit the button the right time you do two attacks right so trying to get that down pack this time around was a little bit harder for me than i remember i don't know man it's it was like when i played mega man mega man x in my older years and i'm like man i remember as a kid i could just plow through this game and i'm like struggling and now <laughs> it's a weird feeling you know what Be- before we get to what if i'm glad you bring up mega man x because i watched a youtube video today um and I just stumbled across this video and it reminded me so much of you, dude. 
And <laughs> I know that we have said this a million times before on this show. Uh, we've talked about how there, there is a parallel universe out there somewhere where, we, where you and I got to grow up together as kids and experience like the 90s together because we would have it would have just been bananas. Uh, and this video put me in that mindset and it made me think of you. I'm gonna tell you the name of the video and it's all you need to know. Okay. It's it's a long video, but I think you'll like it. It's a little over an hour long, but it's called Shinobi Geddon, the 1980s Ninja Craze and Why It's Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I have never heard of that. I'm gonna have to watch that. That sounds amazing. It's this guy, he's just like a, a film historian kind of guy on YouTube. I think he's from England or Australia. And in this episode of his show, he just talks about like at length in detail, he talks about the craze that went on in the 80s where everybody was making movies about ninjas and how it started with like some small stuff in the late 70s. Uh, and then it uh, it became this whole fad where like everybody was making them uh, out east in Asia. And then the Americans started getting in on it and they made those American ninja movies or whatever and how it eventually snowballs. And then when the 90s comes in, and Ninja Turtles takes over, and then you get stuff like Three Ninjas and Three Ninjas Kick Back, how the kids kind of take over, and as soon as that happens, it stops being cool, and you never hear ninjas again. It's <laughs> it's such a cool look back at just that ninja trope, and man, is it ever funny. I, I You got to send me that title. I, I will definitely have to watch it for sure. I will, and it's every step of that way, man, I was like, this has Ryan, like, I, again, if we had grown up together in that sweet parallel universe out there, we would have been watching all of these films together. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, you know, it's, it's all, even like the cartoon shows that we would have grown up watching together. I, I just saw a news article that, um, a, a, a documentarian in Vancouver, uh, got all the source tapes for reboot. And they're looking yeah. for someone. They're looking for someone who has the actual type of player to run it, <laughs> so they can do <laughs> the, so they can do this incredible documentary on reboot. Oh wow! I hope they get to do that. Yeah. I really hope they get to do that. Meeple Monkey has joined us in the chat. Hello, Meeple Monkey. Uh, we are going to be talking "What If" season two today, but we're just waxing poetic on uh, on ninja movies right yeah. now and the ninja fad that hits. The world in the 1980s. I'm going to send Ryan uh, the name of that video right now because I think he'll love it. And by the way, welcome to Infinity Rewatch, everybody. I'm Andrew Fantasia. What's up, everybody? Happy New Year. I'm Ryan J. Marvel. Hey, oh, that's right. It's Happy New Year. Happy 2024. I hope everybody's 2024. We made it. We, made it. we, we survived. We're here. Nobody has the plague. And even the ones who do have the plague are going to be okay. I think. <laughs> I hope. Um, but I hope everybody's 2024 is a full of more ninjas and yep. B even better than you originally wanted it to be. So there we go. There we uh, go. But in the meantime, we've got what if mm -hmm. the second season of what if, which I think should have been called why if, and then the third season should have been called why if Gamora, but you know, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so just to preface this time around, uh, normally we do like episode by episode. Yeah. Uh, but this time around, we did it slightly different. And it's kind of it's kind of a twofold thing. One, um, one, it was the holiday season. So it was a bit crazy. Obviously, mm -hmm. it would have been very hard for us to do an episode by episode. But two, 
Um, what I do like about what we did was, you know, this was the first time around that we just like, we'll watch the whole thing. And let's just look at the big picture here of like what season two is all about with some, maybe some nuggets of like what we like throughout the season. So this is kind of a new approach to it. Uh, we'll do the same for echo because echo is coming all out in one, one go, but positive note on echo just for a moment is that they confirmed, they officially confirmed that all of Daredevil's backstory from Netflix is officially MCU canon. When did they confirm this? They confirmed that when the trailer, the last trailer just came out. Oh. Uh, for Kingpin, because they included uh, clips from his backstory in the Netflix series. That's fantastic. I didn't see that trailer. I saw the new poster where it's mm. all the sign language, the sign language poster. It's a great poster. Um, yeah. Wow. Okay. So daredevil the show happened in canon it it happened it's, it it's officially so so for those of you who may not know and it's interesting because i i had a great talk with isabel about this because i was excited mm -hmm. when the first daredevil season one especially season two came out um i mean and with all the seasons to be honest but like when season one came out and we saw the trailers for it and everything like there was so much excitement around it and there were some nice nods to uh mcu within the series but if you take a step back, you kind of see that it's all reactionary. It's not intertwined. That's That was the TV shows of Daredevil, uh, those like Netflix series. It's all, it was very similar to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They'll, men, they'll make mention to it, but there's very little interconnectivity of the whole thing. Yeah. So what this means is, is that when you go in now with these characters, especially when you see Big Willie, Big King, Big Willie Kingpin, uh, you know now going into Echo, you know his history. If you've seen Daredevil, you now know the history he's coming in with. So now the question is, is like how how we've 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 gotten past all the origin stuff. We're now seeing how this character plays in the MCU, and we've already got a chance to see Kingpin in the MCU in Hawkeye and the kind of. The kind of the beginning of the how it's intertwined is essentially the message that um, is essentially the message that he has lost a bit of his empire and he's trying to get it back. So uh, and now, especially too, you can probably go back to season three with Bullseye um, and you can go and find out like, you know, like where exactly he left off and what he's coming into. We kind of saw a bit of it with Daredevil in Spider-Man. You know, he's already just kind of continuing on with his law. But what begs the question now, uh, especially with the uh, the Netflix series, um, is does that mean that the entire Defenders run is all canon? Or are they just cherry-picking Daredevil specifically? Right. It because could go it, either way. Yeah, because it, it could go either way. Because if you take the Daredevil series, there's only some small nitpicks of mentions of what took place with Defenders. Um, you know, and especially too, minus like, if you look at like Electra, you can literally take out, like you can literally disconnect Electra from defenders and literally do daredevil season. And it's perfect because it's like Electra died. That was it. Like, yeah. I mean, uh, but she, she was there. So I, it really begs the question, how far does this go and what does this mean? But what I love about it and what's exciting about it is like I said, now, you know, his history. So if you want to kind of get hyped about daredevil, and like, if you haven't seen it, because maybe you're, you're someone like me where you, you know, like some of the Sony movies don't feel connected to the MCU, despite them saying they are, 
you know, you, I Daredevil is a series you have to watch because it, it really shapes how we could look at these um, uh, kind of Disney Plus series. You know what I mean? Like how how we can do a superhero TV series because it, it was literally the best. If you ask me out of all the Defenders, like which one had the best run, Daredevil hands down. All the seasons were knocking like like home runs every single time. So wait, are you trying to tell me that the scene where the immortal scene where Michael Keaton is speaking to Jared Leto and he says stuff about Spider-Man and they were clearly not even filmed on the same day in the same location and Jared Leto is reacting to an entirely different character. You're telling me that's not part of the MCU canon? It's it's I don't feel like it is. I don't I don't <laughs> feel like it's total. I know you're joking, but like it's total, it's total garbage is what it is. It's literally I they in that ninja video, they mentioned how to cut costs, a lot of these companies would make a ninja movie where they would hire, you know, American actors, uh, and you know, kind of like a Power Ranger situation where there'd be like some white guy actor and he'd be like, I'm a ninja, blah blah blah. And then you put on a ninja costume and then they cut to footage of a 10-year-old Korean movie of like an actual like East Asian stuntman actually doing martial arts and then splice it together and lie and say, oh yeah, that was Chuck Norris in that costume. And that's like exactly what they're doing with that scene in Morpheus. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, no, this, is, this is the MCU, you guys. <laughs> Would I lie? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, it's so brutal. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but but despite that, Daredevil though, amazing series. Like it's, it was, I will never forget and this is the last I'll talk about it, but I'll never forget when the, the, the Daredevil series came out. The trailers, my brother and I would watch it like a thousand times and we were just like so ready for the series that the day it came out, the day it came out, we're like, okay, I got work at this time. I'll be home at this time. I got work at this time. I'll be home at this time. Okay, you get the pizza. I'll have the sodas ready and we'll come downstairs and we'll be ready to go. And then the second, I think I got home first because I, I made sure to like make sure my work ended like at the appropriate time for me to get home earlier. Yeah. And my brother came in and literally before we sat down and watched it, we literally just jumped around. We're like, yeah. And like, <laughs> we're like these 20, like we're like these 20 year old dudes. Like, yeah, let's go. Like, oh, and like oh man so and then we're like okay 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 we can watch it now we can watch it now and we're like but let's not burn through this let's like let's just let's watch like two episodes and then like tomorrow we'll watch two episodes so let's space this out yeah we like crushed like the first like five out of ten episodes like friday night because we're like just yeah like it all in. it's hard not to man i don't yeah. blame you at all ah that's <laughs> that's great well hopefully um the, the fans of that show will be happy with the continuation of all that. And who knows? There's been the rumors about how Born Again is supposed to be about Matt is looking for Jessica, right? He's like, where's my homegirl, Jessica? I'm trying to find her. So uh, if that is yeah, still the Yeah, good looking for good old Jessica Jones, right? That's yeah. Her. Oh, okay. Interesting. So may, I mean, they're retooling that show from the ground up, apparently. So who knows if that's even a thing anymore. But you never know. Canon might still apply. But that could be that born again that the reshoots could be because now Daredevil's canon. So if that's true, uh, that maybe they're reshaping the series to better suit that narrative. That's a good point, Ken. That's a really good point. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, 
I guess we'll just have to wait five years and see when all these new projects are fun. Oh, God, <laughs> we couldn't come sooner now. Like, uh, I want to have that. I'm going to have that moment again. Even when season two came out, I, my brother was unfortunately gone to Victoria by that point. But Isabella was now in the scene. So I was like, okay, we got to watch this. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and she, she was like, she, and it was kind of fun because she had no idea what she was getting into. And, and of course, it was the, the series with the Punisher. And it just like, they obviously took that Punisher to the level that it needed to be. And they're like, I, I like the scene where the, the Irish mob's torturing him. He's just like, you got, like, he's like, oh, you know, helps me with the nerves. And Punisher's like, oh, got nerves, do you? <laughs> just like, <laughs> pure tough guy attitude. And he takes like a freaking screwdriver or a, a power drill into the knee. Oh, so, <laughs> so, okay. This is, this is why we, this is why we watch Marvel content, people. Gladiator yeah. deathmatch, good stuff. I watch it for torture and Irish mobs. That's yeah, that's what I'm that. in for. But until we get Daredevil, at least we have what if Nebula joined the Nova Corps? Mm. The question on everybody's mind, what if she joined the Nova Corps? Yeah. So you're a Nova Corps guy, or at least you're, at least you're a Nova guy. Yeah, I like Nova. Richard yeah. Ryder, man. Richard Ryder for life. So with this first episode, we don't have Richard Ryder, but we do have the Nova Corps. How do you feel about it? So, okay, so first of all, just to, you know, for our viewers to understand, uh, you know, and, and I'd say majority of them do, our regulars that watch the snow where I stand with what if, and that is, is that I went in this a little, uh, a little reluctant, you know, mm -hmm. not really excited for this, because like, to be fair, it is just a smorgasbord of, oh man, just like weird jokes and like, just like chaos, just chaos, pure MCU <laughs> chaos with like no no rules or restrictions here they just decide to do whatever they want and just go crazy with it um so the no what if nebula joined the nova corps now there is potential with this this especially season two proved to me that they they could do some really clever things with what if but they're not quite there yet so what if Nebula joined the Nova Corps was more of a Blade Runner take on Nebula's story arc within, uh, you know, this whole, like, if she betrayed, um, you know, uh, Ronan and all that, joined the Nova Corps and, like, you know, prevented them. And they did this, like, shield to encapsulate them in the city. I, overall, I felt it was kind of slow. Um, but there were some cool concepts that I really like. It was good to see more Howard the Duck. And, again, this is a good example and I'll probably be saying this a few times throughout this throughout the season was it's a good example to really play around with characters we don't see a lot and mm -hmm. dive deeper into kind of cool stories that they could be a part of because it, it's it's like this is the time like I'm surprised they didn't even put Nova in this like why not like if if it's if the story's all what if this and what if that why not talk about like Richard Ryder's Nova. Because, like, again, you could test out with audiences uh, a character that, you know, like, how would they play in the MCU? And because, right. like, you're using actors who, you know, would play these characters in the, in the real-life movie, you know, that's, this is the time to see how these characters measure up and kind of play with other characters. And then when you introduce them to the MCU there's more reason to watch the Disney plus series. Cause it's like, Oh man, I saw Nova in what if man, and he did all this cool stuff. So there's more excitement there. Now, again, I like the theme that they did this kind of like Blade Runner esque, you know, whole thing. And they even brought in uh, some characters that we haven't seen in a while. They brought in Jude Law's, um, uh, what's his name? That Young Rock. 
Yeah, Yonrog. There you go. Mm-hmm. I brought in Yonrog, and um, I was it was all really fun and cool. But like at the same time, like this is a this is a tame story. This is this is <laughs> very yeah. tame, but fun. It was. I don't have much to say about this one. I agree. It is tame. It's a little tame to look at. I think the Blade Runner visuals look awesome in live action, but in this form of animation, they just kind of look, eh, whatever. Uh, It was nice seeing Howard. That's another thing. That's another thing I want to quickly jump in and say. is like, why aren't they trying different animation styles like they did with Star Wars? I thought that would have been a really cool idea. Like, really mess around. Like, each episode, if you're doing a different universe, why don't you do a different animation style? for each universe that you try out so you can really kind of play around with it. That's a good point. Yeah. I wonder if they toyed with that. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe you we'll like see Howard that Duck? Howard the yeah. Duck I like, like seeing Howard. That was cool. Um, mm-hmm. My biggest takeaway from this episode and probably my only takeaway from this episode is that I love the idea, like that story of the bad guys are going to blow up our planet, but we put up a shield and that shield only lasts 50 years. And now the bad guys are just sitting there waiting. Yeah. Like, you know, like like a wasp waiting for you to come out of the water so it can sting you. And I'm like, that's a great idea just for a sci-fi movie, just on its own. Like that ticking clock of they started invading, you know, that was 48 years ago. And now we have two years left and the shield's, you know, not going to hold up. What are we going to do? Like, I would watch that movie. It doesn't have to do anything to do with Marvel. I, I want to see that. Yeah. Uh, so I like that about it. That was pretty much how I felt. No, yeah, it like it was cool to see more like abilities of Nebula and like her running her own kind of Guardians of the Galaxy kind of type. Uh, but and and but again, the real gem of it is is spending more time with a character we don't see, which is Howard the Duck, and him running like essentially a casino, yeah, uh, which was really fun. And he's like kind of like your your uh, gun runner and all this stuff, and it it was fun there. But overall, the Blade Runner pacing didn't quite work i found it was it was it would kind of it was too dark and mopey too much especially because of like you have these really colorful characters and like you don't have to like you look at guardians one and that's a dark darker movie uh you know but still they found ways to make it explosively colorful uh you know you look at you look at when they go to nowhere even the bar had like solid neon blues pinks you know, uh, bright lights and and then these like crazy kind of 70s outfits that, you know, really popped in shape and colors. But this show, this entire episode was like dark rain, heavy shadows. And it's like eh, you could have you could have played around with it a bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the color. And this is the last thing I'll say. And then we'll move on to the next episode because there's like nine of these. But I'm glad you mentioned the color because that's something that irked me with the last big movie of the year which was mm. Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon. Oh, um, yes. Because... I, I didn't watch that, but yeah. It it looks like garbage. <laughs> um, and I mean visually. And I feel like at after Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy, you have no excuse for making your movie, your sci-fi movie, not look good. Like yeah. that, that movie just looks like there's... 10 day old gravy on the lens all the time and it's just like oh my god learn how colors work please uh but that's that's all i'm gonna say yeah zach yeah. snyder clearly never grew up with crayola yeah uh, so episode two was what if peter quill attacked earth's mightiest heroes yeah and this is what i like about what if is i like the idea of actions having different consequences and just taking the simple action of what if yondu 
followed through and gave Ego the kit instead of keeping him. And we get this. We get 80s Avengers having to assemble because Ego tries to kill a bunch of folks and starts with Earth. All right? And you, as I know, you got really excited in those parts of the movies where we see, like, young Ant-Man, like, young uh, Hank Pym and all that. So I feel like this episode kind of spoke to you in that regard. I have to say, you know me quite well now. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly how I felt. Uh, I'm a big fan of like when they go for like a retro, a retro futuristic approach in terms of how they want to tell a story. And, it, and it, this this episode works in two ways. One, yes, this is when what if is properly executed in the sense of like, what if Yondu took Peter Quill straight to Ego and what ha what happened there, right? Um, and the second part of this that I really like is, is that we got to see in Ant-Man um, the, you know, the the sort of the early Avengers before the Avengers, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I love that. I'm like, that's where I live because, you know, we get to see heroes that we don't get to see too much, like Goliath. We, we get to spend time with uh, the MCU version of Goliath with good old Bill Foster slash uh, yes. uh, Mr. Fishbourne. Uh, so I was, I was all excited for that. I was like, yes, let's go Lawrence. Let's see what, let's see what you got. And so it was fun to watch them all interact and see like the different kind of heroes that we get. And I love that they, they had like winter soldier all pegged out. And the other thing I like, the other thing I like too, uh, especially as well is, um, kind of the captain Carter story arc building out. There's mm -hmm. one thing I am appreciating about what if now is this multiverse kid, uh, this multiverse consistency, I will say, in terms of like certain characters being able to navigate it. Uh, it kind of reminds me of Captain Britain and like the story arc they're going for it, which is like the Guardians of the Multiverse, which is kind of and they did it in the first season. They didn't kind of they kind of did it this one, but they didn't spend too much time with it. But I liked it, and this that was that was probably one of my favorites. Is is the second episode because it was just it was fun to watch. It was great. It was kind of like a great um, expansion to like again like that that one fraction of a scene in Ant Man, which is like what what did they do with like Nick Fury and like you know Howard and all them together, and how would they have played together? Like I'm all I'm all for that. Yeah, and I think that's something, that was a question fans were probably asking is, you know, if some big threat, some Loki-level threat had happened before 2012, mm. what would the response have been? And I like that they kind of played with a lot of corners of the Marvel Universe for that. And it really felt like a game of Marvel United, the board game, because yes. you have all these characters. It's like, okay, here's Peggy Carter, and here's T'Chaka. And here's Marvel, and here's Goliath, and they're gonna fight Star Lord, and it's like, oh my god, that's like, it's just a lot of fun. Yeah. No, yeah. So I really liked it, and the battle scenes in that were were really fun to see. I gotta say, like, one thing that, that What If does well, whoever is choreographing the fights for that animation is just they are just on point. Like, I don't know if it's just because like they're not using real actors, so they're like, let's just finally choreograph how we want to do it. And it's like it's just that so, might be it, man. It's so comic booky action, but I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, I bet you somebody there is saying, like, let's take advantage of the fact that these are not flesh and blood human beings and just roll with it. Yeah, we don't have to pay for insurance or anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stuntmen are expensive now. Yeah. Now, what if Ryan, happy Hogan save Christmas? 
This is cute. I'm always, uh, you know, I understand that sometimes you want to do, like, if you're doing a cartoon that's based on, like, you know, this. It's kind of weird because if you're going to do a cartoon based on all these Marvel heroes playing along, of course, you're going to have a Christmas episode every once in a blue moon. Batman, the animated series, I think, did one of the best Christmas episodes I think I've ever loved, which was Harley and uh, Harley and Poison Ivy. They used the lipstick to oh. hypnotize rich people. And they get Bruce Wayne at one point and they accidentally kill him. <laughs> <laughs> but then batman like takes over it's it's really good and then uh and then joker has like this massive new year's plan uh big blowout with the countdown um and, the, and then to finally wrap it all up there's this really wholesome scene that him and gordon have caught a cup of coffee on new year's and then batman always pays the bill yeah always so it, it's it's such a heartwarming moment but what i love about that story is it's it was just holiday fun, but in the end they bring it to a moment that's like that helps the story that just helps gives the story some ground in terms of like the character relationships. So the 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 what I liked about this was the 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 Hulk formula kind of arc of like the Hulk formula getting around. We got a purple Hulk now uh, mm -hmm. with Hogan. Uh, to be honest, though, it, I. <laughs> wasn't a fan <laughs> like it, was, <laughs> it was okay it, it but it i i would chalk it up to i'm not the demographic for that kind of episode but like it was fun it was fun to say the least i have a lot of mixed thoughts on it please um, enlighten us all but i yeah. I, can t I can tell you right now it's going to chalk it up to because you weren't the demographic for it probably um i i do think it has a lot of fun moments uh particularly one of the best lines of the whole season which was when Hammer said, I'm Tony Stark's worst nightmare. And Rio Hill said, his worst nightmare. What are you, a wealth tax? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I was struggling to figure out, because every episode asked the question, you know, what if this? And I don't understand, again, the whole thing of choice and consequence. I don't understand what's different in this universe, what changed. I'm like, is it just that Justin Hammer had more free time on his hands? And this is like, I didn't understand where the the linchpin moment was yeah. that gets flipped on its head uh it really feels like they didn't care about that they were just like oh let's just have happy hogan save christmas and they didn't care about the what if of it yeah um like it's it literally could have taken place in the prime universe and it wouldn't have changed a thing um so i'm i'm a bit flummoxed by that because to me that's the fun of what if so i love i love your vocabulary <laughs> dude you always drop like a nice uh, a nice word every once in a while flummoxed yeah we gotta get some fun words in there shake things up yeah. um but i do think maybe i'm in the minority but i do think this concept i would love marvel movies to get because we've had so many now to start getting creative with their concepts like this. Like, what if Captain America 5 is, is like this? What if it's a diehard kind of thing? I mean, you can have your giant Avengers movies where it's like battling for the future of the galaxy, whatever, but what if, you know, Deadpool 4 is just him trapped in a mall the whole time? Like, what if we get really creative with the way we plot out these movies so that we really start feeling that same feeling we felt back in like phase two and three of like, these are all different genres besides just being Marvel films. Mm -hmm. 
because I feel like we're straying away from that. Now everything's starting to feel a bit more superhero-y again. Uh, so I wonder like, if we'll ever live in a world where they'll allow themselves to be this creative on the feature film front again. Yeah, like, I, I agree with you there. I, I, I would love to see, I would actually would love to see, like, a diehard kind of Captain America movie. That would be so fun. That would right? be so fun. They, they should do that. Like, but that's, that, but that's also kind of the issue, though, because, you know, the, the problem, and I think the biggest problem with the MCU overall is the machine is too big now to do these kind of one-offs anymore. Everything's got to, everything's got to add up to, to what's going on in the overarching story. It has to, mm-hmm. because if it doesn't, then you're left with like, well, like then you're left with movies like, uh, like the Eternals where it's just like, it's so one-off and, and yet well, for like, now, for now, for now, but like yeah. you have a freaking giant eternal in the middle of the ocean and, and no one's talked about it. Like some plane must have seen it or something like, why is it, why is not if I was living in the MCU world right now, I would be questioning why I should even go into work anymore. If that's like, if that's a thing, every movie after that should have had at least one extra in the background. who's just like, Holy shit. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> just hyperventilating and like paper bags like <gasps> you know like that kind of thing um but yeah like exactly it's but you're right though like they should play around with the themes of the movie a little bit just to kind of spice it up as opposed to doing these kind of slightly similar superhero movies um but yeah like and again you know you look at the x-men cartoon as like that that thing is your blueprint to any doing any superhero movie in any way shape or form you can take yeah. one episode and turn that into an entire movie if you wanted to. Exactly. It's uh, so it's so easy. It's so incredibly easy. Like and, and to be fair, I don't want to say it like it's easy in the way that like, oh, I could do it and why don't you like Marvel, why aren't you paying me to do it? <laughs> they have obviously very talented people who have the experience to build it, but what I'm saying is is like you know, Kevin Feige struggled in in the early parts of comic book movies because no one would listen to him no one and he there's a i think there was an interview or or maybe that book you've been reading i can't remember there's someone someone reiterated it back to me but i remember reading in an article that like you know when when brian singer was working on x-men he was talking with hugh jackman and he's like hey jackman's like should i read the comics or whatever and and brian singer's like no i want to do something different and it's like Mm -hmm. well you don't i understand you want to do something different but all the work's done for you. Yeah. You know, you know, in work, they always tell me the same message, which is work smart, not hard. And I know Kevin Feige had said that in the early days, he would say, look, the answers are right here. The answers are right here. This is all you need. And if you just run with it, you're going to be great. And it, that's, that's exactly it. But you take any episode, any episode. Like one of my favorites is Weapon X Lies and videotape, Videotapes. Right. That is a, such a great episode of Wolverine's backstory that like it it doesn't even answer what his backstory actually is. It, it it makes him question his back his life even more, but it's still like a whole nugget of his life that's so worth it. And then going back to these these kind of one-off stories is I think Marvel's too big now to not kind of dive more into these stories and pull out like a more overarching experience that could build up to things they have gotten bigger you're right but i think it can be done it can be done with 
less effort than I think it less effort than you would initially think. Like if, if yeah. you have this diehard concept, for example, and Captain America five has to pave the way for Shang-Chi three and Thor six, mm -hmm. because you know, they're bringing in null the symbiote King, whatever, and they have to prepare for it. You can find ways to sprinkle that in and still have this movie uh, and like it could work. Yeah. And they almost did it uh, in DC. Do you remember Supermax? That Supermax movie that they were they were gonna make it back in like I think 20, 2008, 2009? Maybe. It's not ringing back. a bell right now. It was Green Arrow. It was a green this was before the Arrow show, I think. Oh, okay. Uh, but it was Green Arrow, and the whole movie is he's basically stuck inside a Supermax prison. And something went wrong, and all the supervillains have broken out. And that was the movie. And he's he's in it's it's Arkham Asylum, the game, but a, a movie. Oh, that sounds so cool, right? And they never ended up making it. I'm not sure why, uh, but like it can be done. And again, like you said, the com they're all right there. All the characters are right there. All the like, work is right there. Take them, take them. So maybe someday we'll get Supermax. But maybe. in the meantime. We've got what if Iron Man crashed into the Grand Master, which is the weirdest title for this. It really should have been called "What if Tony never made it out of the Sky Portal?" Because that's what it is. Yeah, but obviously <laughs> they might have thought of that title and realized that it doesn't make sense, and pretty much any other idea they come up with could sound better. Yeah. And they thought that this was the better option. So, I, I didn't like this episode. Um, it's. Uh, I, but it, again, it could chalk it up to just not the demographic. Mm -hmm. You know, I, if I made a toy line off of this, it could do really well because it's all like Hot Wheels. Yes. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's just, it's, I think it's too far of a concept. It's, but again, like, I, I, we're getting to the part where I, where I will really start liking what, what, what if could be. And, uh, but yeah, it's just, eh, this one was weird. It was just kind of a fun exploration of, uh, of, uh, good old, what's his name, uh, playing grandmaster for a bit longer. <laughs> Dr. Ian Malcolm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Jeff Goldblum. I, Jeff Goldblum. I didn't love spending more time either. with Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. I mean, it, it's spending time with Jeff is always great. That I, I wouldn't say this is my favorite one either, but. I do have two takeaways from it. One of them is Tessa Thompson is gorgeous, even as a cartoon character. Yep. And the second is I love the racing. And it reminded me of just how damn long it's been since we've gotten a good race in a motion picture. Right? Like okay. Speed Racer was over a decade ago. <laughs> and... I, I mean, they're not going to top that, but like even something like the pod race, the pod race was a giant epic scene in a giant epic movie. It moved the story forward, but it wasn't necessarily part of the story. You, yeah. you know what I mean? Like the story of that movie is Darth Sidious is invading Naboo because he's doing evil stuff. And the pod race was just a step along the way. Like Sidious doesn't care about the pod race. That has nothing to do with what's going on. Mm -hmm. But it was this cool side adventure that still moved the plot forward. And I was trying to think, I'm like, I can't remember a movie in recent memory that had a scene like that, where it's like, here's this really fun set piece. And it's not going to have much to do with the plot, but it is going to help move the plot along. 
Yeah. It, there really hasn't been anything like that. It's true. I mean, there's been some good racing movies. I mean, Ford versus Ferrari is pretty fun. Uh, like, Ooh, I didn't see Ford versus Ferrari. It's really fun. Um, but uh, yeah, like something like a science fiction movie where there's like a big racing scene, like Speed Racer is, is Speed Racer. I, I still go back and watch scenes from that movie. It's just an absolute... <laughs> It's an absolute amazing experience. I, I enjoy every minute of it. It's it's totally a ball. Um, and I would say Speed Racer has, and this is, people are going to go nuts when yeah. I say this, Ryan, but it has the best climax of any movie since Back to the Future. <laughs> it does, actually. It Honestly, there, I, that last racing scene is so fun. It is so incredibly fun. I love every minute of it. And it's and I love the the montage sequence of him trying to catch up and win the race. And like, they talk about, it goes back to the scene where he's like ready to give up racing. His mm -hmm. mom talks about how like to him, it's, it's an art. It's not even like yeah. a performance. So, or no, his performance is so good that it's almost an art form. And it, it, it makes you emotional. Right. I, I know you're about to cry. It's totally. I like, am. I am about to cry. Just thinking of speed racer. It just gets me all tingly. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so it's, uh, but you're right. I, I think it's nice to see another kind of science fiction racing scene, especially in a Marvel thing. Um, yeah, but I just didn't, I didn't fully appreciate it. It, it, I just felt too removed from kind of what we're used to with Marvel. And I think it's, it's important to try it, but it, I just, this wasn't, it didn't work for me. It just, the stakes weren't there. The, the, what I liked was that like Tony Stark tried to convince Gamora, like try to show Gamora a better life kind of thing and, and all that stuff. But in the end, it just, I don't know. Didn't, it didn't sit right with me. Yeah. It wasn't anything to write home about. Um, yeah. Again, it was a fun little Marvel United uh, game where it's like, Hey, mm -hmm. Iron Man and Valkyrie and Gamora and they fight the grandmaster. Go. Uh, yeah, it kind of and it, it kind of felt like you know it's like when you're watching anime and you're and you're given a filler episode and you and you know it really it doesn't really do much for this show doesn't really add anything to it and it just it feels like it just needs to be there for entertainment value and that's all that this that this episode was and I I think like when you look at what if the concept in the comics it's insane like the comics it, the, the what if comics are are nuts like what if silver surfer had the infinity gauntlet is like one of the best mm -hmm. you ever read it it's so good and and what he would do with it and, there, and the 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 cover art is beautiful he's like got the he's got the glove in space and it's all these colors it's it's so good um anyway so it's uh but yeah it's just the problem is with these these ones is it kind of feels like it doesn't really it's it's not really taking what if where it should go it's just this race it's and that's it that's what it is it's like this marvel race and that's all it is and it's like uh yeah it's it's a side mission it's just a fun side mission yeah. i guess um i i thought of one other example of a scene that has you know, it doesn't have to do with the plot, but it moves the plot forward is in the Harry Potter movies when they play Quidditch. Like, yeah. Oh, that's fun. You know, they didn't have to include that, but I like to see that. It's a cool. Like, but then, but then you take that and then you make an entire episode about it. Yes. And like, and like an yes. offshoot, does, is it really going to, you know, give you what you need? Like, you know what I mean? 
Right. But, and, but the next episode is one I really, I did really enjoy. And I think this is where What If can really thrive is uh, what if Captain Carter fought the Hydra Stomper? And mm -hmm. that, to me, is where I start to feel like this is what What If should be, is this kind of like, you know, uh, Guardians of the Multiverse kind of story arc. And it's perfect, too, because it's kind of like it's its own version of Winter Soldier, but Captain Carter's version. And I, I really yeah. liked it. It was really fun to watch. It was really interesting, the different characters they brought in. Um, I love that they went to this kind of like Black Widow, you know, facility uh, yes. or that it's like a town and they have all these like robots and everything. Like, it's so good. Um, and it, I love that they kept uh, the shield, kept the Hydra Stomper away from uh, from Carter uh, from Carter. And, and on top of that, that the suit keeps uh, Steve alive, which is really interesting. And uh, I really, really had fun with it. It was really cool to see what Black Widow had done. And again, another missed opportunity here is like, why could they not bring back Taskmaster? Well, that's a thing, Ryan. That I have a big thing to say about this episode. Okay. Uh, that kind of makes me upset. Uh -huh. um, I, I love the concept, like you said, like, let's just, you know, the last season it was the first Captain America movie, but with Peggy Carter. So let's just continue that and use the second Captain America movie. Beautiful. That's a great idea to keep following her story. But this is what made me upset. This is, let's see, um, one, two, three, four, five. This is the fifth episode? Yeah, two, this two, is the fifth episode. Fifth in episode. Series. So we, we, uh, we see uh, the Red Room and we see Black Widow's mom, Melina, mm -hmm. uh, from the Black Widow movie. Why did it take five episodes before we saw a single character from the multiverse saga? Why did, what, what, were they hiding them? Like, <laughs> do they not like Shang-Chi? Do they not like Moon Knight? Like, why are they hiding these characters from us? Um, we have to wait five whole episodes and then they give us Melina. Uh, and then like, thankfully she's there to be this cool villain. And then thankfully they give us Wenwu a little later, but like, that's it. Where, where is everybody? You couldn't put one eternal out of, <laughs> out of 30, you couldn't put one of those characters in what if you yeah. couldn't have like Kate Bishop do something like, where are these characters? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I couldn't agree more. I had the same, I do have the same problem with the show is like, I'm even talking about bringing in new characters, but you're absolutely right. At the same time, like, why aren't they using the multiverse saga characters? We have She-Hulk. We have Song-Chi, you know? Yes. Uh, where we are have they? America Chavez, who's a multiversal character. Exactly. <laughs> where are they? <laughs> I don't understand. Like, did they start making this season in, like, 2010? Yeah. Like, where are these people? Uh, you want people to care about the multiverse saga, especially right now, because the, you know, the diminishment of the fan base is something that's rippling. Um, but if you're going to put out this show and only be like, hey, here's here's Iron Man and, and Peggy Carter and Doctor Strange again. Like, don't you want people to care about Miss Marvel? Don't you want them to like She-Hulk? Like, where are they? I, 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 I'm baffled I, by this. Is, <laughs> I'm flummoxed. I'm, you're, we're both so flummoxed.
<laughs> so we're in them today. Uh, <laughs> no, it's so good. Um, no, uh, Meeple Monkeys is like saying appointment television. I'm not sure I understand the oh, context because he had to leave and then come back. So he's watching on a bit of a delay. So right now he's talking about when you and Nick were like, okay, we're going to get together and watch Daredevil. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I love that pun. Okay, yeah, uh, ten I love that Punisher. Yeah, that Punisher. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, but that's my point. Like, why aren't we using characters? <laughs> like, they have such an alphabet of characters in the MCU, and yet we're still stuck with some of the most, like, primary first phase characters. <laughs> Where the hell is Namor? Did, did, did he die on screen? Like, where is Namor? <laughs> Oh my God. It's so true. It's so true. But the other thing too, is you have a perfect example of an alternate universe. Miss Marvel ends on an alternate reality and they didn't even change that. <laughs> oh my God. They had, they had Kelsey Grammer in the studio. They couldn't just use his voice. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh man. That is the best moment. You know what? That is a moment. That is a moment. You need to write that moment down and post it all over social media. It's just, you have an entire phase called the multiverse saga and you haven't used one of them in a show about the multiverse. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's so priceless. Uh, so good. Uh, and the Eternals, like the Eternals ended on a multiversal note that there's like thousands of them all across the universe. You introduced us to 13 new characters in that movie. You want us to care about them. It's been four years. Where are they? Yeah. Why didn't keep... you put them in this show where you don't have to pay the actors to play them if you don't want to? You can draw Icarus and have some guy come up to a mic and say, hi, I'm Icarus. And we will be fine with that. You don't have to hire Richard Madden. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. Well, okay. So speaking of characters, though, uh, so... So the captain, but the Captain Carter story is fun. Like that fifth yeah, episode is. is really good. It is really good. There's a lot of emotional structure there. And then the interesting part is, is that we have her get pulled through a portal. Um, and I love that she's having this kind of like one-on-one -on -one with the Watu now. So there's, there's this mold building and this pacing now. It's like, okay, we now have a good kind of foundation for what if. And and we already have our guardian of the multiverse, Captain Carter, who is a great character. It's a shame what happened to her in Doctor Strange, but I kind of see why they did it. But at the same time, like, again, there's so many multiverse versions. It's kind of like death is kind of irrelevant, though. Like, you just pull another Captain Carter, which I assume yeah. is... is I always thought this Captain Carter was the one in the multiverse of madness, but it's yeah, not. Apparently not. Apparently not, because she would be dead. So, mm -hmm. so here we have another one. Uh, but my point, my point is, is that we have she is a great character, and I, I do want to see more of her because uh, she's a lot of fun, um, and she has a great story. And I love, like, I love the the relationship she has with Steve. It's really good. Um, but going on to the next point, uh, going on to the next episode, uh, episode six is what if Kahori reshaped the world? Uh, they introduced a new uh, Marvel character. Now, I, I'm pretty sure she's like from the recent comics. Like she's one of the newer, newest characters. Oh, cool. So she's actually from a comic? I believe so. I'm going to double check that, but I nice. believe so. Uh, but yeah, it's it's. I know she's like a Marvel uh, a Marvel character, uh, essentially. And like... It was, but this is my point. 
it was perfect. It told a great story about Odin and like using the Tesseract and, and then how it created this world and gave people powers and the whole, the whole kit and caboodle. But it yeah. was a great origin story for a character that they finally used and they used later on in the season. And it was a great way to test out to see how this character is going to play with others. And it was so fun to watch. And I loved, I loved the culture of it. I loved being immersed in it and, and really spending time with this character and, and seeing like, you know, like how they hunt, how they learn their powers, like yes. all that. Like you, I understand that origin stories could, you know, can get dull, but to give us that level of culture and immerse us in like, um, and native culture and and really give us this character was so fun and that's like it was perfect it was that that's to me is what what if should be like seeing yes. how we can learn about new characters and then if they work you don't really need to do an origin story because you you can just say that you know this this you know you just add this character into the the 616 world or whatever you want to call it and just you can go Oh yeah, this like this person can make references to their origin, like Spider Man did in Homecoming, and then you already know, like, oh okay, yeah, I've seen their origin. Then it's in What If, and it's perfect. Like it's it's just such a great way to test out characters, and and especially too this character where we may I I think there is rumors that there is this character will be in like the MCU at some point, like not in What If, but like in like the main in Stop. the movies oh i would love that man yeah this yeah. is a great episode i love how your your imagination would never dream about actions and consequences like you take this one pivotal moment of searcher decides to destroy asgard way earlier than normal mm -hmm. so that leads to odin using the cosmic cube and that leads to it falling to earth hundreds of years ago and now you have these this indigenous tribe i believe they were mohawk and they they find this pond that the cube created. And it's like, that's so imaginative. And you would never be able to connect those dots beforehand because it's like you would never see that coming. Yeah. Right? So I love that. And it creates this cool new story uh, with this beautiful world that they built up. And yeah, I think Kohori's great. I love how they brought her back and they had her interact with people. Mm -hmm. I hope she shows up in a movie. So, so just to correct myself, she's not from the comics. She's actually Marvel's, or sorry, Marvel MCU's first original character. That's that's even cooler. I right? really like that, and yeah. I love that they went the extra mile of like we're not having them speak English because that wouldn't make sense. Like, I love that. I think like, I think we're at a healthy time in in the film world where like you might as well just subtitle it. Like use yeah. use that language. Why not? Like, you know, like uh, like I grew up I grew up watching uh subbed anime. And it's yes. like, you know, like why aren't why aren't we just using that language like using different languages now? And I love how even actually I think it's in it's been in a couple of uh, movies I've seen movies like RRR, which is, if you haven't seen, it's fantastic. Isn't it amazing? It's so good. It's like, one of the, <laughs> it's, it's like arguably one of the best movies I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, and, um, what I, uh, I think it was, um, Oh, what was the other one? Uh, Oh, um, Oh, of course it's, uh, Ip Man, the Ip Man movies. Oh yeah. With Donnie N. Uh, those movies do a great job of, you know, just using the native language. And then if characters are like, you know, obviously they're mostly villains, 
uh, which is understandable. Uh, but uh, the villains uh, who are English, they speak English. And yes. then the characters just speak the different languages and in the same space. And it's totally cool. Like, why aren't we doing this? Like, yeah. You know. Oh, I love that. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, so the fact that she's original is so cool. And I really hope we see her again. Like, yeah, I don't have much else to say about mm -hmm. that. Great episode. Yeah. And then we go to what if Hela found the 10 rings. So essentially what's different here is instead of banishing her to hell, uh, she makes that one little comment and then Odin gets even more upset and he takes away her powers and basically pulls a Thor one and banishes her to Midgard. Yep. And because this is countless thousands of years ago, she runs into Wenwu. Uh, it was... I, I love to see Wenwu again because I'm all, I'm a big fan of the Mandarin. Mm -hmm. And um, especially what they did with him in Song-Chi, it was... Couldn't yeah. ask for a better, a better remodeling of that character. It's so good. Um, this, this was, this was an awkward one for me. I think they had a, I think they had a good idea. I just didn't, I just didn't like it. It just didn't, it didn't sit well with me. It just, it was an okay story. You know, it's good to see these like Song Chi again, the Song Chi world, like, like you so hilariously pointed out earlier, but it's just like, like you said, it's just kind of a Thor story. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. There's, it's. At the end of the day, it was just like, cool, there's Wenwu. I mean, Kate Blanchett's always amazing. She's so much fun as Hela, so it's so fun to watch her go yeah. on a anti-hero's journey rather than a hero's journey. But at the end, you know what? I couldn't, I watched this a few days ago and I couldn't even tell you what they were fighting against. Yeah. I, it's already slipped my mind. Yeah, like and like she learns like the journey of being like a, a hero and like how to you know be better skilled. But there's kind of this weird middle ground of like there's kind of this weird like moral middle ground that was like hard to follow. Of like, is she good? Is she bad? Is her being with Wenwu good or bad? Like, what is like what is going on here? Um, uh, and again, yeah, it just didn't. I don't know. It didn't it? Didn't didn't land with me. Just didn't land with me. Yeah, same. I liked seeing her train with Shang-Chi's aunt, where they basically had like a Luke Yoda relationship going. I thought that was a yeah. ton of fun. But yeah, mm -hmm. that's it. What if Ella found the Ten Rings? Yeah. Um, and then we go into what if the Avengers assembled in 1608? And for three quarters of this episode, Ryan, mm -hmm. I was just like, eh, this is fun. But I like that we finally got a moment at the end because the whole time I was like, what's different? What happened in this universe to change? And then finally they answered the question of Steve punched the time stone when he was fighting Thanos and he messed up something with, with time. And I'm like, okay, cool. That's why we're in 1602 because otherwise yeah. if it's just, Hey, here's the characters, but we're going to put them in these costumes. It feels like, and I think you'll appreciate this reference. It feels like a modern day, simpsons halloween episode <laughs> where you, you can tell they've run out of ideas to be like scary or to parody horror movies so they're just like let's have one segment of the halloween episode where they live in the medieval times and like homer's a dragon and it's like why because like that's what i thought this was going to be so i'm glad we got that moment of like no this is because of the time stone um it was funny seeing happy hogan be the sheriff of nottingham i thought that was a great choice um but I, I know this comic. I'm familiar with this comic, 1602. 
Um, I specifically remember the the Peter Parker from this universe, um, which I'm surprised they did. Like again, <laughs> do you not know you have Spider Man? I, I don't know. Yeah. They don't, maybe they don't have the rights to him. I know rights with Spider Man are tricky. I understand. Yeah. Um, but I just I thought this was an okay episode. The final battle was fun. Oh yeah, yeah. No, the final battle was was fun. Um, I don't think they again. This is one of those tame things like. They still kept Ant-Man pretty close to the MCU version of the suit, um, mm-hmm. to which I, I distinctly remember, and I'm pretty sure I still have the card lying around here somewhere, um, but it's like there was a Morgan Le Fay comic run in the Marvel comics where she brought the Avengers into medieval times, and Captain America was like a paladin. He had like his, his uniform turned into like knight armor. And of course, Iron Man had the same thing. Like his, his armor turned into like more knightish looking armor with like, he looked like a crusading knight with like the um, uh, kind of like a, a vest over oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he had a sword and everything. And, and you know, Scarlet Witch, pretty self-explanatory, so on and so forth. The characters all got like a medieval times cosmetic look. And it was, it was really, it was really fun. I really liked it. Uh, but what I found with the Robin Hood one was that what I found with the Robin Hood one was that they all the characters still relatively looked plain. Like they didn't they didn't take it as far as they could. And I love that there was the Hulk there and it was a whole fun. It was, it was all exciting. I agree with you. The moment I did enjoy was like the moment where Steve punched the time stone and then he was warped to that point. And it was it was fun to see that. It was fun to see that connectivity. But like again. Overall, it was a it was a fun episode, but and I also just don't understand this uh, this heavy use of John Favreau uh, and Happy yeah. Hogan. They like, must have had him on standby. Must have, but like again, like it's just a weird character to to <laughs> continue in this story. Like he just doesn't he doesn't make any sense. Like to to have give him such importance. Like I don't I just don't get it. I don't get the joke. That's the pro. That's uh... the, that's the issue I have with this season. I don't get the jokes, and that's that really <laughs> drives me nuts. Like the go karting thing, with Grandmaster, I didn't get it, and it, it, they were dropping jokes left, right, and center. I just didn't get the overall thing. Um, same with the you know, Happy Hogan Saves Christmas, the Hulk jokes, I didn't get him, I didn't, I didn't find him that funny. And it's it's it goes back to my biggest issue, which is why is the rum gone? I don't care, I don't care anymore about why the rum is gone. You, you made me laugh the first two times, but three, four, ten. The entire pirate saga, I can't do it. I can't do it. it just... Folks, if you know why the rum is gone, please tweet Ryan Joseph Whitehead. Uh, He's not on Twitter anymore, but somehow he'll see your tweet. Message me on Instagram. <laughs> me, just message me in there and send me a picture of being the of the joke. But like, but that's I think that's the key to this is that I didn't get the joke, and that that if that's the problem, then I'm not going to be into the entire seasons. You know, entire seasons. Yeah. Um, I mean, I actually, I found this episode very funny. I think it's the funniest one for me, the 1602. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think this is kind of like this season's equivalent of the zombies. The zombies was like, let's take an Elseworlds comic and just adapt it. And they did the yeah. same thing here. But I obviously like this better. because. But they played it they, safe with the uniforms. Like, why didn't they, they cap did. up night armor? That was like... They did like play they it very Carter eventually. Like she had the night armor look thing going, but like, yeah. Why didn't uh, Steve have one? <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Uh, I was just 
sitting there waiting for Ajax to show up, but apparently Ajax doesn't exist. Uh, the Meeple Monkeys uh, made a good point in the comments about how he was so happy to see Justin Hammer back because he loves him. And mm -hmm. I, I got to agree, man, because that Die Hard episode served as a sobering reminder of how criminally underused Sam Rockwell's Justin Hammer has been in all of this. The fact that we haven't seen him since that one shot it hurts my heart a little bit. Yep. Well, we have one last question, which is what if Strange Supreme intervened? Okay. This one, uh, I don't know what to think about this one either. <laughs> oh my God. This I mean, one... no, 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 go ahead. Go I was just—I was just gonna make a dumb joke. I was just gonna say, if if I had Rachel McAdams as my girlfriend and then I lost her, I would probably break the multiverse too. <laughs> but that's just me. So a couple things. First of all, I liked again Guardians of the Multiverse story arc. I'm all for it. I'm like, let's go. A little bit of continuity. Love it. Love this. I love the conversation with the Watu. Why are we? Why are we watching him? Why? Why are we watching the Watcher? Like, what's this whole thing about? Right. And I love that Carter's kind of getting into that mind frame. What's this all about? Like, what are you trying to do? Mm -hmm. What are you preparing her for? You know what I mean? Uh, what are you preparing the the universe, multiverse for? Um, and I like that, like, he's like, oh, this is just one multiverse. Like, you know, I it doesn't matter what happens to it. And she's like, no, this is, this is these are lives here. Like, that's perfect because it's teaching Uwatu something. It's helping that character grow as opposed to... yeah. You know, whatever. Um, the whole uh, the whole issue I had though too was um, the whole issue I had with that particular episode was it just got way too out of hand. It just got way too crazy. Like I'm all for raising the stakes in this fight scene, but it just got way out of. It went Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> People went Power Unleashed, and it's just and then like Captain Carter gets the Infinity Stones, just doesn't even flinch. Just gets them, and she's like, "Oh, I'm all for it now. Let's go. Let's beat the crap out of Doctor Strange." And um, and like, "Oh, Doctor Strange, I know you're still a human with all these like you know crazy evil forms inside your body." And like, it's just like you're just you're literally slapped in the face with so much Marvel content that like you just can't take it in. And and on top of that, on top of all of that, it was still all safe choices. It was all characters that we would see in normal, in normally in other things. It was, you know, tons of Mandarins, tons of, uh, tons of Hellas, ton, tons of Thanoses, mm -hmm. tons of Ultrons. And it's like, you couldn't even give like time to like, I don't know, give a new character in there. Like, just why not? Like, and then it just got crazy with all these energy beams flying around. I just couldn't. I just couldn't <laughs> deal with all this. <laughs> All this chaos that was going in the episode. I don't know if I'm just getting too old for this kind of stuff, but man, it got way too out of hand way too quickly. Um, I it, It's funny because I actually, while watching it, I thought, I bet Ryan loves this. So <laughs> it's so, because it really did, you said Dragon Ball Z, and that's exactly, it reminded me of an anime, especially when she's like, now I got Mjolnir, now I got yeah. Hela's helmet. Yeah. And I'm like, this This feels like something Sailor Moon would do, where she's like, I have every magic item, and now that's how I'm going to defeat you. And yeah. I, it definitely is something that, like, 10-year-old us would have loved. Um, I I guess uh, I just thought, I was like, oh, cool, because Ryan likes Dragon Ball. I'm sure he'll love this, but I guess, yeah, I guess it just kind of didn't fly for you. But you're right about 
he has all these, Strange is collecting all these multiverse destroyers. And you're right, we saw a bunch of Ultrons, we saw a bunch of Thanoses. Did we see Arashem's buddy from the Pacific Ocean in there? No, because apparently the multiverse saga doesn't exist in this multiverse show. Dude, uh, this is the one time, the one time you could have had a Nihilus in there, just for kicks. I guess Leslie Bibb was not free. But yeah, you're right. They, I didn't even think of that, man, but you're right. They played it very safe especially because of how bananas this episode was. You'd think that would be a moment of just like, let's put an evil silver surfer in there who killed the multi. <laughs> like, let's have fun with that. Yeah. Um, Onslaught. So, Why don't we have Onslaught in there? Right? Why don't we have Magneto? Why don't we have... Why don't we have Apocalypse? He loves smashing things up. The I wonder if anybody out there some YouTuber like dissected frame by frame and was like, oh, there's Onslaught. Like, but I doubt it because the Marvel fan base is so big that somebody by now would have been like, yeah. you know, some what clickbait if- aggregate would have been like, Onslaught confirmed because of what if Easter egg. So the fact that we haven't seen that yet stands to reason that there is no. But such- that's, that, this goes back to kind of my whole summary about the show. If the whole objective is there's a whole, you know, time space, it's not a linear line, it's a prism of possibilities or whatever, uh, then why aren't we seeing possibilities? Why aren't we seeing Blade? You know, he was introduced, we haven't even seen him yet. Why did we see Mm -hmm. him? Why did we see more Moon Knight? Why didn't we see a variant of Moon Knight? I don't know. Like, it's... If it's all about this prism of possibilities, why are we staying safe with characters we already know? Why aren't we trying to take characters we know very little and then having them work with characters we've never seen before and giving us whole new territory to work with? Because then once we see that, we will want to see it in the, the universe we do love, mm-hmm. right? So it's it's just a... I feel like this show has a really good idea, but it's because it's so safe. It just feels like filler episodes to buy time before we see Echo. And that's not <laughs> how I should feel about this. And I was, I was promised, Kevin. Kevin, you promised me that, you know, the whole objective of this whole thing is to cross-pollinate characters and create this massive universe. You've done very little of that. It's been so tame. I, I think you're right, man. I think there is, like, there's two, uh, there's two brush strokes that would make what if, a, like, a perfect show for what it is, mm. and they didn't use either of those strokes. And no. one of one of them is, like you said, introduce Richard Ryder, make us want to see him more. Yeah. And I mean, great, they did that with Kahori. Awesome. Uh, that's an original character. And it was and it was arguably probably the best episode of that season. Right. Exactly. So why, you know, why is there, after two seasons of this, why have they only done that once? Um, you know, what are they waiting for in that regard? And, and the second brushstroke is just what we've been saying. Like, you have all these characters that you introduced and people are waiting to see again. Why aren't you waiting... Why was there not a single mm-hmm. man thing or werewolf by night or Elsa Bloodstone anywhere in these 10 episodes? 1602 would have been a great place to put like a Bloodstone, 
Zero. Zero. Cameos. It's what it's all about. Yeah. There, there's a cameo right now yeah. happening behind you. <laughs> right? We we have officially had more cameos than what if season two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, there you go. See, that's how it's done, people. It's a character you don't see much of. And then once they come in, you want to see more. Right? Exactly. So that's how you do it. But like here's the thing. Here's the thing, too. If if the episode's prime if, if the whole um if the whole series is called what if and we the fans the people who've been so dedicated to the mcu hoping for moments we hear about want things to happen then what if should be what if the guardians met nova mm -hmm. totally that would have been amazing because then we would have been like okay this is what it would look like if they actually got nova in the movies that would make us go like want to watch that because it's like okay I'm getting like you know getting this and it was like what was another big one there was another big uh MCU but like there was another big like MCU rumor and it was so close to happening that it didn't happen and it was not Nova but it was another character it was just so close was it recently uh, I don't I don't remember now I I don't know but I remember hearing about I remember hearing about it and I was like, I'd be so dope if this happens. And it didn't, it, it wasn't even remotely close to it happening at all. Uh, um, but like another perfect example, like, you know, what if, uh, um, you know, what if, uh, Oh, uh, what if uh, the black Knight? you know, what if the black Knight never met the Eternals? What do you met blade? Mm -hmm. Does he go for the ebony blade? What mm -hmm. happens with the ebony blade? We don't know. Um, <clears throat> uh, what if, you know, uh, what if Captain Captain Britain helped Spider-Man in uh, that was what I was thinking of. There was a cap supposed to be a Captain Britain uh, cameo in Spider-Man. Interesting. What if Captain Britain helped Spider-Man in uh, in freaking No Way Home? Mm -hmm. the, all these moments is exactly what What If needs to be because it's we're talking about the potential of the MCU. That's that's what this is about is the potential of the MCU. But you're staying so safe and you're sticking, you're staying so, you're keeping the scope so narrow that we only got what if Captain Carter took the serum? Yeah. Or sorry. Yeah. What if Peggy Carter took the serum? And we now have that answer. And, and the best part about that answer was we got her in the MCU movies with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Badness. So why can't we do that more? What like maybe we'll get Kahori now because that's like I hear that's what what the rumors are now, um, you know. But like like even Deadpool, Dead this third this third movie of Deadpool is probably going to be the best what if episode we'll ever get. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, right. Think about it. Right, because he's gonna apparently the amount of cameos in this is going to be nuts. Like apparently Jennifer Gardner's Electra is going to be in it. That's like, like that's a, it's that's what the what if episode is going to be about, and mm -hmm. the ending of Miss Marvel. The ending of Miss Marvel is closer to a what if episode than like anything else I've I've seen this far. It really is, and I, like I get it. I get that there's a lot of things that they don't want to put out there right now. Like I get they would not want to put Wolverine on this show mm -hmm. because we're excited for his debut. I get yeah. they would not want to put Beast in this show because. That was a tantalizing breadcrumb, and now we're excited to see him interact with Monica and all that. But, like, Monica is a multiverse saga character. Where was she in this show? Like, there's yeah. Miss Marvel, 
Miss Marvel's friend, <laughs> like uh, Bruno, like that. That's it. Feels like a huge oversight. And you said narrow focus, and I think that's it, man. It really, it's fun stuff, but it's fun stuff glimpsed through a keyhole rather than through a prism. And the multiverse should be a prism. Uh, so, I mean, I'll watch a season three if they make it, but it didn't do what right now I think Marvel needs to do. And and this is coming from me, a guy who's still excited and doesn't hate the MCU and still loves it and still looking forward to everything. But yeah. it, didn't, it didn't do what I think they need to do right now for the general people in the backs and even middles of the theater, which is whet your appetite for the multiverse saga. Because that did not happen here. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, it, it, you couldn't have said it better there. I'm loving, I'm loving that it's now evolved to now. We've gotten so crazy that we now are involving the people in the middle of the theater. We yeah. only talked about the front and the back. <laughs> like now, there's a whole, there's a whole new, the whole new audience, which is the middle, mm-hmm. right? And that's that. Isn't that what it's all about? Is like you focus so hard on bringing new people in, but what we need to keep the old people. You know, you want to build that community. And yeah, you can't. I understand you can't focus too much on the loyal fans because the loyal fans will always go. And exactly. in the end, you're right. You're right. You yourself are still you're still going to go to MC movies. I myself am still going to go to them. But to be fair, what's changing is is my enthusiasm. It like I'll do it, but like at the same time, I'm getting kind of like ugh, like like Miss Marvel or sorry, the Marvels. I was worried about it. I actually was delightfully surprised that it was like much more entertaining than i thought it was going to be yeah like in terms of my enjoyment for it but um but at the same time uh yeah like the people in the middle of theater we we now need to focus on the middle ground how do we keep the loyals engaged but how do we keep the new people informed and that's and that's the the healthy ground and, and and that's the realm of possibilities is like we need to keep finding that middle ground. And yeah, no, you couldn't have said it better, man. You couldn't have said it better. Yeah, those people in the middle, they're like, they're not the diehards. They're not new to it. They're the people who went and saw Eternals and really like dug it. And they thought that was a lot of fun. And now they're sitting around kind of tapping their fingers and going, so are we going to find out why that movie mattered? Right? Yeah. Are they, are they actually immortal or did we just kill them all? And now they just... <laughs> yeah, so that's that's the group that you're in danger of losing. You, yeah. you, you can't lose the people in the back because you don't really have them yet. You can't really lose the people in the front unless you do something devastating because they're pretty much in for a penny and for a pound. But the people in the middle are going to fluctuate the most. They're the ones who are going to watch three movies and go, forget this. I'm going to go watch whatever JLo is doing instead. Yeah. Um, so you, you want to make sure that the time that they've invested they've invested enough time to be sitting in the middle. So make sure that they're kind of given their due. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say like we're owed anything as fans, because that sounds stupid and petty, but yeah, I mean, give, uh, give the multiverse saga some love. That's all. That's all yeah. I have to say about what if season two, do you have any final thoughts on it? Um, again, I, I, they're getting closer to what it needs to be. They're getting there um, with some really cool ideas. They have some really cool ideas. They're already they already confirmed to season three. It's already happened. Wow. Okay. Uh, there's already even a trailer showing a scene from the next season. 
and it involves Winter Soldier and Guardian. Guard oh, Guardian, like the, uh, red, the red, red Guardian. Okay, great. A multiverse saga character. Where is this? Where where did you see this? Uh, it was on YouTube. I, I'm, yeah. Uh, let me just check it out right now. I'll give me two seconds here. Uh, go on YouTube on the Marvel channel. The thing with the the Marvel YouTube channel right now, um, is that like they dropped like a ton of stuff, and it was just hard to keep up with what was going on. Mm -hmm. Uh, they yeah they had a huge uh Echo promo. Um, but yeah, there's there's a video called "Look into the Future." Marvel Studios What If Season uh, What If Season Three Sneak Peek interesting okay cool yeah and it looks like bill foster's uh it looks like bill foster's uh like nick fury kind of type character but yeah red guardians in it and uh bucky's in it all right cool i mean i'm in i'm not excited and frothing at the mouth but i'm in i'll have fun with it um here's hoping they have more fun with it too as the as mm -hmm. from the creative side I, I think what will sell me is a pitch on like where where this is going. Because mm -hmm. if it's just pure fillers, I, I if it's another round of pure fillers, I will be very disappointed. Imagine the final episode of What If Season 3 is the Watcher looking into like a crystal that's another universe, right? Mm -hmm. And he's like, let's see what's going on in this one. And then they zoom in on it, and it's just the X Men theme starts playing. And then the next day, they release X Men '97. <laughs> that would be that actually would be pretty cool. I would also love if the if the What If series ended on Owatu watching like the universe that we're following, the main one, the Prime, I guess it's called. Mm -hmm. uh, and it and it gives you the, a scene that leads into whatever the next movie is. And then that movie takes off from that moment, right? You know what I mean? Like right. that is perfect. But even yeah, X Men '97. I would love, I would love if it gets there. I I can't wait to see X Men '97. I'm really curious where they're going with this. Same um, here, same here. And I can't wait for our Infinity Rewatch X to begin. Yes, yeah. that's. Oh man, I don't know when when we're starting that, but oh my god. I guess anytime after Echo, we can. We can get that ball rolling because I mean, '97 doesn't have a release date as far as I know. Yeah. Um, but we have a nice chunk of the year that's open, right? Yeah. No, we no got stuff, so. quite an open year for Marvel, right? Which is that, good. I think they, I think they need the time to really get back to the drawing board a little bit, get back to that moment, and kind of a nice full circle moment is like getting back to that moment where my brother and I are in the living room getting excited over daredevil because that's that's what yes. we need we want like i can't wait to see blade i want to see what they're going to do with them they're even making a blade video game that i'm super excited about i can't wait to see that um mm -hmm. but yeah like like it's i think this is it sucks as a marvel fan because like i'm i'm now used to being fed three times a year plus plus shows but this this year is going to be real dry let me tell you that's okay. That's what we're here for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're, we're going to bring the Marvel to you. Yes. Like I say on my Marvel United videos, because, you know, it's a Kickstarter board game and those take a long time. Yeah. So I, I like to end those by saying, you know, we are here to make these things together, to make that wait a mm. little bit shorter and a whole lot sweeter. Oh, I love that. There you right. go. So we've got Echo coming up. Uh, it's it's coming out on Wednesday, I think. So 
Well, pretty that much, June? I think so, man. I, I think I saw on Wednesday. Down. So it's coming. So we'll do just what we did here. Well, you know, Ryan and I will watch as quick as we can. We'll we'll get that show under our belts, and then we'll yeah. do uh, an episode of Infinity Rewatch that covers all of Echo because it's only five episodes, I think. Um, so might as well do it that way. And yep. uh, yeah, I th- that's that's coming soon. And then after that, I'm. I, I will say that I'm looking very much looking forward to rewatching X-Men 1, 2, First Class. Or, uh, those three movies are like my top, my jam. I, uh, I, I can't wait to rewatch them all. I can't wait to watch New Mutants for the first time. And more than anything else, oh, buddy, yeah. I, I cannot wait to have those moments in the podcast where we're just like, where were you in your life when this movie came out? Like that's That to me is the sweetest plum. <laughs> for sure honestly i and i totally forgot yeah I, I have not i've not seen the phoenix saga so i have oh, no idea right. i i have no idea what it's like i am not looking forward to it <laughs> you if, know what if the if the writer of the comic did not like it i can't imagine it being <laughs> it's not great but it's not terrible yeah uh, we'll get to when we get to it, but that, that's all I have to say about it. It's not great, but it's not terrible. I, I, I do remember, I don't, and I've only seen Age of Apocalypse once, so I, I, I'm very curious to see how this plays out. But yes, I'm very excited for those three movies. X-Men 1, 2, and First Class are like my absolute jam. I, I'm very excited for that. And I do, I do remember having some fond, cheesy moments of, uh, of uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine. I, I Overall, the movie's not great, but but you know what? I despite uh, despite popular opinion, I liked uh, Tyler Kitsch's Gambit. I thought he had a I thought he had a healthy start. It's just the writing was really against him, but I think he, I think he had some promising moments. Yeah, the writing and the wardrobe department. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to dive deep into that. But until then, anywhere people can find you that you want them to find you, preferably not in a dark alley. <laughs> and preferably not on Twitter <laughs> or, or presently known as X. Um, you can find me on youtube.com forward slash expert zone. That is where I reside for my work. So the more you like and subscribe that content, the more I can continue doing the work I love. So I would appreciate that. And you can also find me on Instagram at Ryan J Whitehead. And you can find me in the land of everywhere, which is the setting of we were wizards, the fantasy novel that I wrote and published and is now available on Amazon. Like literally now you can open a tab to Amazon and dive into this world here. Here's a sneak peek. Okay. There you go. That's all you get. I hope there was nothing tremendous that happened on that page. And also there's the second uh, or the next book rather in the wizards saga. That's also available. I don't know what you're waiting for, why you haven't already clicked away and bought these books because they are amazing. I'm biased, but they are, I love them. Uh, but anyway, that's Infinity Rewatch. That's what of season two. I guess we'll see you all for Echo, Echo. shortly. Yeah, Echo. in fact, when we do the Echo episode, you and I will repeat everything we say once. <laughs> it's going to be great. Nobody will be annoyed, I yeah. promise. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm super excited for Echo. If it, if it means... If it means this is the this is the first step into the world of, of Daredevil and the street-level heroes, let's go let's did and uh uh an echo uh aquila cox there 
Uh, I am so excited for her. She's, I, I loved her in Hawkeye. She was fantastic. I'm so excited for this. Um, and I can't wait to see what this is going to do. So I'm like, I'm so stoked. And I'm, I'm just as happy now knowing that Echo's like this Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, and I, I hope it's a, a step in the direction of Kingpin is in everything from now on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So until next time, my friends, please have a marvelous day.